The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsborough, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsborough Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsborough. Learjet, introducing our new Sommelier Interior Edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got banned from the factory. He ran into Mark, said, I need someone to drink with me, and Mark said, Sure, feller. Headedly brilliant episode of the Wine Fellers ever. Our good friend Alex, the wine guru, will join us to discuss the world's most perfect pairing champagne with holiday leftovers. With Alex in the studio, it promises to be Festivus, Christmas, and Hanukkah miracles all rolled into one fairly large miracle. The wine guru will levitate in during the second half of our show. But during the first half, we'll go over this week's most pressing wine news, as well as listen to some very important public service announcements, all right here on the on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, Mark. But first, it's the mailbag. Welcome. You've got mail. So what you, what you, what you got? I got mail! So what you, what you, what you got? I got mail! So what you, what you, what you got? We got mail! So what you, what you, what you got? We got mail! 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 We got mail! 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 Mail, 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 mail,
Joe. <laughs> oh, Mark. I love your vocalizations on that song. I thought, you know, now that I hear it again, I think it sounds like I was having a seizure. <laughs> a brilliant Grammy Award winning seizure. <laughs> yeah. Grammy Award winning for seizures. <laughs> Best soundtrack produced while involuntarily convulsing. Goes to. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I just love, I love your work. Well, I appreciate it, but it sounds like we have some mail. We have some mail. People write in from time to time to the Winefellers. I still can't believe it, Mark. I know. They I, take the time. <laughs> To even I mean, contact I want to say, don't you have better things to do? But then I also want to say, please write in. <laughs> <laughs> you can always post a message to the Winefellers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We've even had someone, and you remember this, they hand-typed, like on a typewriter. Yeah, well, that was... It was an, it was an anonymous letter. And it was hate mail. <laughs> and it was, yes, it was, it was hand-typed. And those worry me the most so don't send those (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you do please uh include some way of contacting you so the authorities i mean we yes can uh can can write write back a nice thank you note for your note (laughs) okay mark we uh received over the holidays an email from willie Wu, who resides in woodfin north carolina he listens to our show via WPVM in Asheville. Mr. Wu writes, Hi, wine fellers. Your show last week was lively and marginally informational. <laughs> well, thank you, that's Mr. A, Wu. That's about right. Uh, do you two, uh, did you two have a lovely Festivus? Uh, thanks, Willie. Well, thank you, Willie. I uh, trust that you had a nice Festivus. Uh, As, I guess uh, he's a fellow Festivus-tier. A Festivus-tier, yes. And uh, for those of you who didn't listen to the show last week, and but you probably already know this, that Joe and I are uh, avid Festivus holiday followers. Long live the poll. Yes, and so uh, and 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 thank you for asking, uh, Willie. I actually had a really nice Festivus. We um, we did the traditional airing of grievances, and that's where uh, f- uh, families Stage and friends one. have an opportunity to tell each other how they were disappointed by that person in the past year. Um, my brother-in-law was disappointed in me because I constantly insist that golf is not a real sport. And he let me know that he didn't like me saying that during the course of the year. Fair enough. And so he he uh, was disappointed in me about that. And so uh, and that was part of uh, I don't remember what I what my grievance was with with him, but I'm sure I had one. If oh, not come on. No, I'm not. I'm sure I had one. I'm just trying to think of what it was. You've got to you got to remember for me. Um, I just can't remember. Huh. Well, he wears these flip flops that have the bottle top openers on the bottom <laughs> of them. Have you seen those? <laughs> yeah, that's a complete. Complete perfect grievance to have. Yeah, I'm tired of that. Just bring one on your keychain or something. You don't need it on your bottom of your flip flop. So yeah, that was uh, my grievance. Wow. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Joey. Did you come to? <laughs> did you come to some sort of uh, arrangement? Some sort of mutual uh, understanding? Well, I think as you know, Fe- Festivus is not all about coming to understandings. It's not about resolving <laughs> it's problems. Just the airing of it's grievances. Just air them out. I'm not trying to get you to fix anything or change yourself. I'm just telling you how I don't like you. Well, then, so you know, and I'm sure all our listeners know. Then you have a Festivus dinner, and during after Fe- Festivus dinner is the feats of strength. That's where uh, the head of the household must be pinned mm-hmm. in a wrestling match uh, beneath the Festivus pole. Yep. Um, I won this year. You did. I did. 
what uh, because you've lost every other year uh, pitifully. Right. Yes, and so this is what I did this year. I want to know. I only started drinking heavily after the feats of strength. Damn. So I had my wits about me, and so I could actually wrestle people. Well, you see, I make sure, you're exactly right, to drink after the feats of strength, after the wrestling match. But what I do before the wrestling match mm-hmm. is when we're eating, I make sure to eat a lot of the greasier foods, yeah. and I don't wipe my hands oh, on smart. the napkin. I rub it I've on my arms. I've seen you slather yourself with, my, yeah. my torso, yeah. so that I'm very uh, oily and hard to pin down. Yes, uh, I've always wondered why you rub down the turkey. I just slip right out of that pile of guys there just wrestling <laughs> under the Festivus pole. And then and then next thing you know, I'm just standing on top of all of them. <laughs> well, now your secret is out, so good luck next, next Festivus. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to serve all dry foods. <laughs> just no. Yeah, they're going to serve you tofurkey and say good luck. You know, it's like, and, and I, my favorite is when the host serves uh, uh, rolls with a stick of butter. Nice. Because it goes like two seats down and then the butter's gone. Yeah, where the butter goes. I'm just using it like a deodorant stick at that point. Well, that's perfect. So the aluminum festivus pole is typically stored in one's crawl space for the rest of the year, but during the celebration of the holiday, an aluminum pole is used uh, as a celebration sure. for festivus. And this is not often known, but this is true. Before the Festivus pole was used, it was actually a wind-up clock shoved inside a bag and nailed to a wall. That was a- <laughs> that was actually, that's true, that was actually the Festivus, the pre-Festivus pole. And the more you know, Mark. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, that is a uh, uh, so so the Festivus dinner. <laughs> you you always learn something here on the Winefellers. You do. You played the the more you lo- you know theme. You, I want you to hold that up to the microphone again, so they get the full effect of uh, what's going on here. Okay. I mean that, and that's the technological uh, prowess here at WHUP. Yes, when we're holding I hold our up devices a computer to the microphone. up to the microphone, if all. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, they, I'm gonna finish digitizing my record collection. Mark. Yeah, well, we haven't gotten that lesson about how to do all these fancy music things into the <laughs> so, so, so the Festivus dinner. I don't know if you had the traditional Festivus dinner, which is meatloaf on a bed of lettuce. You know, I did not this year, Mark. Really. Uh, I had uh, in lieu of that because really the lettuce is what ruins it for me. <laughs> okay, um, I had um, uh, what? What is it? It's like a fried soft shell crab wrapped wow. in, wrapped in lettuce. Well, that's better than what I had. I wow. just don't know why you need the lettuce. Is the lettuce the key to Festivus? Because it takes something great and kind of makes it eh. Well, did you? How about this? Okay. Did you experience a Festivus miracle? I, uh, I don't know if I can talk about this on air. Well, should I tell you my miracle? Tell me yours, and then I can gauge whether or not mine is appropriate. Okay, so yes, I did experience one. So we're we're what's uh, yours? Our family is interfaith. Uh, we celebrate Festivus, and uh, my wife's mother or, 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 or my in laws celebrate Christmas. And so yesterday, I drank a full glass of eggnog for Christmas. Now, the proper recipe for eggnog includes whole milk, half and half, and heavy whipping cream. In this, I mean, that's a lot of milk products. Yeah. And as you know, as our audience know, as I try to explain to everybody week after week, I'm lactose intolerant. Oh. Yet, 
this is the Festivus miracle. I seem to generally tolerate the drink. You didn't have uh, <laughs> an allergic reaction to all that lactose. I had a little bit, but not like uh, one would expect, having that much. And so I consider that a Festivus miracle. That is a Festivus miracle right there. So, wow, I'm, I've just got goosebumps all over my arms you, right now. Don't you? Yeah. Wow. So even though you're lactose intolerant and you drank a huge amount of lactose products, uh, it it did obviously hurt you to drink these. Oh, but, sure. But, I'm and, human. And, but not quite as much as it normally would. Right. So to me, it was like the story of Hanukkah. Instead of the, uh, the oil in the lamp lasting for one day, it lasts for eight days. Sure. That's the same idea with the, the milk product. Instead of having... Uh, eight times the gas. The, the, I had or, eight times one less. Time, one gas. times. Yes. Yeah, you had like eight that. times fewer. Eight times one eighth. One eighth. We're getting there. Fewer, <laughs> and that was no. You would have. It would be seven eighths fewer to be at one eighth the amount of eight over eight. And that is a festivist miracle. Festivist miracle. So I think I can uh, venture into the uh, realm of my miracle, Mark. Okay. Uh, only because uh, you just mentioned gas. Yes. Right, and so mine, uh, my miracle was I had uh, eaten quite a lot of food for Festivus. Oh, boy. Okay, food that I probably shouldn't have eaten. Okay. Okay, and I had horrible gas. Okay. Oh, boy. Horrible, horrible now, gas. if you're just doing the show, we don't always talk this way. <laughs> well, maybe we do. We're talking about Festivus miracles here on The Wine Fellers. <laughs> Mark obviously opened the door to my fest- explaining my miracle with his Lactose intolerance miracle. Yeah, mine was a scientific medical problem. Yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a disgusting individual. <laughs> and so uh, having all of this gas mm-hmm. and passing all of this gas, yes. normally there would be some evidence yes. in the in my undergarments oh, no. at the end of the day. Oh, no. A lot of evidence. Oh, no. Like the fossil record sort of evidence. Oh, like no. just uh, someone could put this under a microscope and n- learn things about me. Oh, okay. No. And so, uh, but, but, but the miracle was when I undressed that evening, there was only a little bit of evidence oh, of all gosh. of that. It was as though I'd passed seven eighths fewer metric volumes oh, of gas than i actually send had. your letters to bob Burtman, care of whup not the <laughs> wine fellers <laughs> you, uh, you're listening to the wine fellers we're talking christmas miracles and gas we'll be right back after this psa hi have you ever considered going into teaching the more you know about teaching the more you'll know it's a challenging rewarding important profession you help kids learn to read to love science to have self-respect and you could become the person they'll remember all their lives little tiny people would admire you and you'd get many many pencils and this time you get the big desk welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA.
This week on the Wine Fellows News. Are you sick and tired of your daily hot chocolate consumption leading to non-intoxication? Well, it's time to start toxicating that drink. You say that constantly pouring heavy bottles of wine has resulted in you experiencing arm stress fractures? Well, it's definitely time to start pouring your wine from small test tube flasks. All of that right here on the Wine Fellas News. The News. Joe, what's better than hot chocolate? Too hot chocolate. No. How about hot chocolate with... <laughs> wine? Yes! Oh! <laughs> you got it. it. Man, that was... I was just racking my brain there, Mark, and I was like, what kind of show is this? What are we doing? Oh, it's a wine show. (laughs) Okay. It turns out that the hot holiday drink this year is red wine with hot chocolate. That sounds disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) They're just horrible. Oh, jeez. I mean, it's like running your wine through a coffee maker. I know. The craze craze began after a post this fall on Martha Stewart's official Facebook page calling the concoction (laughs) spectacular. She would be behind this. Soon after, Cosmopolitan Magazine called this the it drink that is the best of both worlds. The what? It's the best of both worlds. No, the itch, Rick? It drink. Oh. It drink. It drink. The it drink. So here's the coveted secret recipe taken from a recent New York Times article. So let me hear it. Get out your pens and paper. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) You're always so down about these things. (laughs) Step one, make some hot chocolate. Step two, (laughs) put some red wine in it. Step three, take an Instagram picture. Step four, this is optional, drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Drink the (laughs) hot chocolate with red wine. Oh, dude, they're just pouring red wine into their hot chocolate. This is, so if you're listening and you want to celebrate the New Year's, like, and you want to be like everyone special, like all the A-listers and other listers, this is what you need to do. We had some stories on uh, this past year about Starbucks getting into the after-hours dating scene by serving wine and expensive fish eggs. Uh, They rolled that out to a few select markets. They did. Because they weren't sure if it was going to work. See, forget forget that idea. Trying to be, it's like a split personality in, you know, during the day, we're an easygoing coffee chain. Right. While at night, yeah, you know we're a, things you know, liven it up. We're a and... wine club, right? <clears throat> they should just offer you throughout the day mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe this isn't happening. Instead of shots of flavoring, shots of wine. They should put shots. Just why? Of... Why don't they, sir? Why don't you have the option of getting alcohol in your wine? It's seven thirty in the morning on a work day. You mean alcohol in your coffee? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, did I get mixed up no, there? No, no, I got you. So yeah, why, you're right. Why are they putting shots of alcohol right into your coffee? That's not even. Oh my, yeah. Why don't they do that? They ask you if you want any almond flavoring, yeah, or any biscotti flavoring. This is brilliant. how about just some alcohol just, so I can get through this mind-numbing day. Just give the people what they want. I'm surprised they don't do that. That surprises me. It is. It's brilliant, a actually. Lack. I mean, I really, they really need to do this. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, we're not proponents of 
drinking and then you know then going to work but uh we um but we're proponents of of drinking and and not going to work some people have found scientifically if i might add yes that coffee alone does not produce the exponential increase in worker productivity that caffeine and depressants such as alcohol do when taken together I haven't heard of this research, but I assume you have. Absolutely. Well, you look at it this way, Mark. You s- look at the average coffee drinker. And where where journals? I'll, the... I'll, I'll, I'll You'll put, we'll put those on the website. We'll put that on the website. It's 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 simple, uh, simple observations, Mark. Uh-huh. Observe your typical coffee drinker at Starbucks. Okay. Okay. They're not turning over any vehicles and setting them on fire. Ah. Uh. Okay. Zero productivity there in that checkbox. Okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) then when you go out at three in the morning Uh and see someone who's who's been drinking Jaeger bombs and and Red Bulls, right? Jaegermeister and Red Bulls, right? And they all of a sudden have the strength, yeah, and drive to do many things like this. Many uh, feats of strength that you couldn't do otherwise. That should be the festivus. That should. Well, no, you actually, you're, what you say actually does make a lot of sense. and um, It's you're energized yeah. enough to work, but then dumb enough to work it, with the alcohol. <laughs> now, you know, when, it, when you're like at the point where you're just so energized and so drunk where you're turning over cars, now, probably if you work in a law office, this might not be the way to go for you. Yeah, uh, you know, Mark, I'm going to st- I'm I'm going to hold my ground on this one. Okay, so even even if you work at a kind of a subdued, even if you're a librarian, this is this is for you. If you work at your dad's law office uh-huh. or the law, as I like to say, the law offices of yesterday, uh-huh. right? Those are slowly being overcome by young startup law firms that don't don't require the same you're right boxed in yeah. thinking i want my attorney to be a little unhinged so i think that i think i think you're right don't i, I want my attorney to go in to, to court mm-hmm. and i want people to just to be a little fearful of him i want my attorney to go in to the uh courtroom and no matter what i've done horrible things i've done i want my attorney to make me look like a saint that's right I want him to go in there and cause a ruckus. I mean, <laughs> maybe we're know. just going to dismiss this case so we can just get this attorney <laughs> the heck out of here. Bailiff, let the Weinfellers go and secure their attorney. All right, I like this. Okay, so <laughs> the second story, <laughs> Joe, Mark, what's better than coffee from a Keurig? Two coffees from a Keurig? No. Wait, 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 uh, wait. Uh, Wine from a Keurig? Yes. No way. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, wait. What? Yeah. Coffee fans have the Keurig, and now wine fans have the Divine wine machine. <laughs> the Divine, basically a Keurig machine for little flasks of wine, serves and aerates. This is uh, We don't say that on the wine fellers. This is not a good idea, Mark. Much better. <laughs> Divine. Uh, aerates wine at temperatures and predetermined to be perfect for whether you're drinking white wine or red wine. The company claims that the $1,700 machine serves up the perfect glass of wine every single time. And after about six to eight servings, you might agree too. That 
sounds some, like something I should try. Yes. Each flacon, <laughs> which is Divine's version of the Keurig K-Cup, starts as low as just $9. So the Divine wine machine should begin paying for itself in no time. <laughs> so how, how does it work? Tell me, Mark. Simply place the flacon, which is the little 100-milliliter wine test tube flask, in the top of the machine and press the large button. Your wine will slowly be released into your empty wine glass waiting below. It seems like you're just adding a lot of unnecessary steps to getting wine in your glass. No, this is, this is, this is a breakthrough, Joe. It's <laughs> completely a breakthrough. Hmm. And you may ask yourself, why would anyone buy this wonderful device? And I got one word for you. Why, why would someone buy this wonderful device? Convenience. Hmm. <laughs> for the ladies, no more lugging around heavy wine bottles that will inevitably lead to arm fractures or carpal tunnel syndrome. And for the men, no more uncorking wine bottles that will inevitably lead to arm fractures or carpal tunnel syndrome. What do you think? I I appreciate your enthusiasm here, Mark. Okay. Now, I I am having trouble with this. I know someone who went and bought a Keurig machine at Walmart the other day mm -hmm. and wanted the convenience of the device. Right. They were sick and tired of making a Brewing up a pot of coffee every morning. Right. So they, they, the just want, they just want a cup and they want to go. Right. Well, they went and bought a Keurig machine for the convenience, just like you're saying. 48 hours later, and basically in caffeine withdrawal, mm -hmm. they stormed into the Walmart up to the return desk, just like with the device in hand, water sloshing out of it still. Didn't take the time to put it back in the box. Cord power cord dragging along the floor okay. they slam this thing up on the desk and they say this produces the worst coffee i have ever tasted and i want my money back wow that employee looked into his eyes and knew this guy meant business didn't ask for a receipt didn't mm -hmm. ask for the original packaging just said sir we will get you sorted out right away so i'm wondering if do you do you feel that way about the keurig machine I don't, my feelings are not that strong Okay. when it comes to coffee. Yeah. Uh, however, when it comes to wine, mm -hmm. right, is this going to taste horrible? Well, <laughs> so here. Sure, it might be convenient, I, Mark. Well, I actually have a more obvious, uh, I think, problem with this device. Uh, tell me. So think about this. So it's, a, it's wine in a, like a little 100 milliliter test tube, okay? Yeah. You're putting in the top of the machine, and you press a button, and the wine goes through the machine into your wine glass. <laughs> you see where I'm going here? The, why can't you just pour the flask into your wine glass? What in the world is this machine doing? <laughs> uh, well, I thought about that as well, Mark. Well, I actually have an answer for you. Oh, is it doing anything? Is it aerating it? It 
Well, yeah, of course. They, they say it's aerating it because you're pouring it. So <laughs> I mean, just, maybe it sends it through some. No, okay. they're just pouring it. No. Yeah. So, but I, I asked this question too. It is an obvious question. So, the makers of the Divine <laughs> reported that their machine took over four years to develop. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Man. We, the news here is real. We say real news This here. is a real is a story, real story, real product. Part of the reason it took so long was because the makers wanted the cooling engine to be able to chill the wine within a minute. I see. And so I assume by cooling engine, they mean refrigerator. <laughs> Refrigeration system. <laughs> right? Well, sure. So it's doing the opposite of a Keurig. It's not making it hot. It's, it's making it cooling it's it down. It cold. So that that was what we uh, yeah that's, that's, that's that is uh, as for a seventeen hundred dollar machine, it seems like it does so, so little. If it cools down the wine, mm-hmm. let's say it does that effectively. Yes, I'm still concerned with the quality of the wine, Mark. Well, it's it's in a glass flask, so I, I assume that's not going to be that's not going to, but it's probably gonna, I don't know what's doing when it goes through this machine you know what i'd like to see what's that i would like to see a one serving wine glass it's got your wine in the glass well that's what they have well listen to me here okay it's the wine in the glass oh right and it's got one of those foil peel top seals on top of the glass they they don't they don't wow and what you could do is it would be in there and it would be filled with nitrogen right and inert gas so it wouldn't react with the wine right and then you can set it in the fridge that's brilliant and then when you're ready you take it out you peel off the foil on the top. That is brilliant. And you enjoy. And then, and you, then you throw the glass away. Or keep the glass as a yeah. souvenir. Or not. You can't really do anything with it once you've used it. What's it? <laughs> what are you going to do with, a, with an old oh, glass? Oh, I guess so. I don't throw my coffee mug away after <laughs> I've used it. Actually, the it's a great idea because you could actually have... Uh, you could actually have like series on the glasses, like all your favorite football teams, and you collect them all. Mark, stop talking and call our attorney. This is a great idea, isn't it? Attorney. This is a brilliant idea. Everybody stop listening because they're going to steal our idea. <laughs> but, but so this product uh, that we've been talking about, the Divine Machine, yeah. um, the, the Divine Machine, it reminds me of uh, a little skit, an old skit on Saturday Night Live. It was like the first- No, was like the with fr- Chris Farley. No. No. <laughs> it, was, it was with Father Guido Sarducci. Or Remind our listeners of this it was like the, skit. Very, it was like the very first season. And uh, he came up with a device called Mr. T. <laughs> and what it was is you put a you put a mug down and you put a tea bag in the mug and then you pour hot water through Mr. T. And then so you have this hot water. You already made the hot water. You yeah, pour it through yeah, Mr. Yeah, T yeah. and then it hits the mug and then it you know and then you have your uh your tea. That's what it reminds me of. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> well, isn't that's what a Keurig machine does basically. Well, but the well, except you don't have to make the hot water yourself. Yeah, here you're not. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's worth seventeen hundred dollars. We'll, we'll, oh. It's seventeen hundred dollars. No, we're not supposed to say prices on the air. I we forgot. can say that price. Yeah, because who's seventeen hundred dollars? Uh, yes, that's what I said. Seventeen hundred dollars. Each flask, each test tube flask costs nine dollars. Oh my gosh! I am. I'm gonna stick by my idea. The once the the one time use wine glass with wine in it, okay, and you'd throw it away. Yeah, that's a better idea. But no one steal that idea. All right, no. 
Well, <laughs> and that's the news. That's the news. Thank you, Mark. You are listening to The Weinfellers on WHUP. Don't go anywhere. We've got another public service announcement, an ill-considered song, and a visit from the wine guru. I'm Bill Cosby, and the kids in Los Angeles have a slogan, Speed Kills. And they're not referring to safe driving habits. They're talking about a group of drugs, including ups, meth, pep pills, decks, even bennies. Dangerous drugs, sometimes fatal to the users. And you should know about the up drugs. You may even be taking some now and not be aware of the danger. Write for this free booklet, The Up and Down Drug. Don't guess about drugs when you can have the facts. Tricker in the dawn as the dew fades and the marigold blooms with all of its shades. I awake from the still by the lit cascades, but only to be faced with the brigade of hand grenades. Now that I'm here and you are gone I'm colliding into a large hadron I'm off course at the end of a race Wondering whether I can keep If I can keep the pace When I felt your touch I knew Sonder exists, but now I'm peering down into a vast crevasse. Listening to the Wine Fellers on WHUP 
from the divine being who brought you such segments as Fabulous Spring, Time Rosé, Sauvignon Blanc Kinda Monday, Sexy Chardonnay, Being Zen with Your Wine, Put the Sparkle in Your Wine, Cab is King, and now Celebrate Champagne, it's Alex, the Wine Guru! The carbonation in your mountain dew. He's the Brunswick in your stew. He is the fiber in your poo. He's the horse in your glue. The answer is Alex, the wine guru. Honorary wine feller. Marco, Marco, Marky, Marky, Mark. It's Alex. Hey, how's Alex. it going? It's so great it's to see you. <laughs> Fantastic. How are you doing on this uh, post-holiday? Um, Post-Festivus? Yes. We're doing wonderful. How, how was your Festivus? Oh, it was fantastic. Really? Oh, yeah. Drank plenty of wine, who, food. Who won the feats of strength in your household? Um... No one did. Everyone was napping. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> one way to do it. Well, we're really excited. So what, what's going on on uh, this week's uh, Wine Guru? Well, we're going to celebrate champagne. You know, since we're winding down the year and we need to, um, we're going to do it a little prematurely, but we're going to pop the cork on 2017. Yes. 16 cannot yeah. be done soon enough as far as I'm concerned. I see why he um, is he is our uh, agreed upon spiritual leader. He is our spiritual advisor. Yeah. Spirit. Spirit spiritual. advisor. Ah. Spirit. Spirit advisor. advisor. Both yes. in my book. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, <laughs> I figured it would be uh, perfect timing to look at champagne. You know, we've done champagne in the past, but yeah. we did it in cocktails. We didn't do them uh, standalone. You know, we've had some as some aperitifs in the previous uh, shows that I've conducted. That's right. But uh, So we're going to celebrate champagne. And so I want to go right down um, to a little background here. Uh, serving temperature for champagne, 43 to 48 degrees Fahrenheit or 7 degrees Celsius. Pretty cool. That for all cool. of our listeners overseas. Uh, in the range... Um, is there a reason for that? Is it... Uh, because I, um, I know, you know, red wine is sort of much warmer, and white wine, even white wine is sort of warmer than champagne. Correct. Yeah. Well, you got to get those, bu- the bubbles are smaller. The colder the wine, the smaller the bubbles. Ah. Yeah, Small and bubbles. my thought is also Tiny why bubbles. folks drink these uh, alcoholic wines, these wines at different temperatures, is it probably tastes better. Yeah. So true. I mean, they're, and somehow it may even get you a little more drunk. <laughs> well, the bubbles, I have a feeling, will get you a little more drunk and probably have a little bit of a hangover the next morning. All well, that's that why CO2. I've been drinking my champagne at oh. zero degrees Kelvin. Oh, oh <laughs> wonderful. So we do want to go over one thing here about, um, you know, you go out and you're buying your sparkling wines or your champagne mm-hmm. for the celebration of the new year. Yes. Um, and you need to get that bottle cold. This is what you need to do. You take the unopened bottle. Get an ice bucket, half of the ice, half water, drop it in there so it's an ice bath for 20 or 30 minutes. Nice. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Well, that's great because uh, I wonder if you can put your- Refrigerator won't get it cold enough. What about a freezer? 
You can drop it in the freezer. As a matter of fact, mm. I actually had to do that. That these. won't pop the cork, or well, you just got to keep an eye on it. Yeah, I mean, well, you don't want it to freeze. No, you don't want it to freeze. But um, yeah. you know, you, you, honestly, about ten fifteen minutes in the in the freezer, I think it'd be fine. So what and, do we? And, and I just wanted to take a minute, Mark. Yeah. To uh, you mentioned zero degrees Kelvin, and I just want to just that just for your, the record, jogged your memory. Want to say that we do not we obey the laws of thermodynamics <laughs> on the show. <laughs> And drink nothing at zero degrees Kelvin. Kelvin. That would be impossible. Yes, thank you. One degree Kelvin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what what champagne are we drinking today? So the first one is Albrecht Cremant Brut Reserve Ooh. from Alsace. So this is, I guess, technically not a champagne? I didn't hear the name champagne in there. You are correct. It is from France, Alsace to be precise um now why i forget why isn't this a champagne it's not a champagne because it did not come from that unique little region east of paris yeah called champagne and so it's a brand it comes from there it's it's protected we've had the discussion before apple wanted to use the word champagne on a color for their iphones couldn't do it and they couldn't couldn't do do it. it So wow, that's amazing. They're protecting their brand, and uh, I, you'd I never, understand you, that. It's amazing that such a um, from such a small geographic region, mm-hmm. uh, such a powerful lobby has arisen. The dark champagne lobby. It really yes. is. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so 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 this is an Alsatian wine. Um, it's, it's called Albrecht Tradition. Yep. Yep. Um, it is a, a cremant. It is done in the traditional method. Mm-hmm. The champagne is. Um, produced how is what is the traditional method again well it's a pretty involved process but um, yeah. uh it's it's uh well, what what differ what the, the sparkling wines that are made here in the u.s and yeah. sold as champagne what's the key difference between the traditional well whole, there's there's ways that you can produce there are some there are some cavas where they produce the still wine yes and then they inject uh, co2 like it. soda yeah, yeah. They do it that way, whereas the traditional method would be you basically, after you fermented, you put it in the bottle, you add more liquor, yes. you add a little more sugar, mm-hmm. and you start a second fermentation. Inside the bottle. Inside the bottle. Yeah. Boom. There Got you it. go. You disgorge it. You cap it. You send it out to market. There I like you go. Perfect. Champagne. Perfect. So I just wanted to pick something that was uh, from France. It's not talked about. Twenty two ninety nine. Um, fantastic wine, and uh, we are pairing this, by the way, all these wines, champagne, sparklings, whatever you want to drink, um, goes with food. They're the most versatile wine to go with food. So what do we have? We have leftovers. We're just coming off of... Oh, yeah. Festivus leftovers. Uh-huh. Exactly. So we have mashed potatoes. we got some ham, and I think we have some... Um, pan- pineapple cheese thing? Casserole. Pineapple I call it che- pineapple cheesem. It's a cheese Okay, fantastic. Is that right? It's delicious. It's that, I don't know the name of it. I've been eating it for years. It's <laughs> pineapple, cheddar cheese, and some crusty stuff yeah. on the top. Pineapple cheese. It's a pineapple casserole. Okay, if you wish. Let's call so it pineapple cheese Yeah, cheese I like it. So just go ahead and taste uh, the champagne. Oh, that's right. Well, wait, it's not champagne. Oh, See, yeah. I'm checking you again. Ah. Okay, right. so you want to you wanna drink this sparkling wine. Um Mm. If you noticed, well, the listeners nice. don't know, but I've gotten away from the whole flute because you can't smell the wine. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And you cannot really, in my opinion, aerate it and, and really truly have a full experience. Well, that's a good thing to know. Because we've got it here in a full-blown wine glass. Well, this is actually a Savion Blanc wine glass. Mm-hmm. I like it. So um, Alex is fluteless. Uh-huh. And uh, we're drinking our champagne. Cheers, gentlemen. Or our, sorry, our sparkling Salute. wine. So uh, what kind of, what do you taste-wise? I get It's kind of like a dough, doughy. I kind get of, that doughiness. I do, too. I get kind of a sour, kind of a... Like a candied apple taste or a sour apple. Sour apple. A little bit. Green apple, I guess. Is there a little oak in that? I don't get too much oak. So I'm having the pineapple cheesy thing. Mm. Yeah, let's try a pineapple cheesy thing. Mm. Mm Mmm. Not bad. You know, the thing is, uh, this is is excellent. (laughs) The pineapple cheesum is excellent. Excellent. This is delicious. And if you're listening, you know the nice thing my about my mother-in-law, it is <laughs> the best pineapple cheesem. I completely had. agree. Actually, <laughs> uh, even cold, it's better than any it's warm <laughs> uh, cheesem I've ever tasted. It's better yeah. Fleming Young. All right, so so, anyways, uh, so fantastic wine, twenty two ninety nine. It's not breaking the bank, um, but this show really is about champagne. So yes. I mean, we might as well just dive into the real stuff. Um, so what do we have next? So we have next is we have Palmery Brut Rosé. Ooh. So this is from Champagne. It is $69.99. Yikes. Not inexpensive. This uh, is going to hurt. Is but a, we're being treated well. Yeah, this is a favorite of Winston Churchill's. I mean, he drank three or four other brands, but this is one of the brand as well. Yeah. Interesting. So um, now... Opening a champagne bottle is when you're not technically supposed to pop the cork. I've heard this. Yes, you're not because you actually you're evacuating some of the. That's bubbles. right. People don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. you so, want to keep the the gas in the bottle. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it really shouldn't make uh, it shouldn't make it a noise any louder than a content will. Well, and just like uh, when the guy win, wins the <laughs> wait, NASCAR. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you missed that. What what was that last thing you said? I'm sorry. Said that when you open a bottle of champagne, it should not make any more noise than the content woman's sigh. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, huh. so in this instance, we're going to pop it. In the next bottle, we will um, treat it with a little more respect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you've seen, you've seen these guys finish their uh, baseball games or their car race, and the winner goes out and, and starts shaking the bottle. That was beautiful. That was very contented. Uh, <laughs> that's quite a loud, contented sigh there. Uh, and they go out and, they, and they're shaking the champagne. That's wrong. And just foam is spraying Completely everywhere. Completely wrong. And it's going to be flat by the time Un- you get it. Undrinkable. You shouldn't want to drink champagne that uh, NASCAR drivers do that to. We, we talked recently, the, the Major League Baseball uh, uh, League. <laughs> yeah, we talked. Well, they have rules. We talked about that. That when they uh, open champagne in the locker room, is it no more champagne, or they have to open champagne? Well, they're only allowed to open so only so much, and they have to use goggles. Every every member of the team yep. has to wear oh, goggles right. or safety, ski glasses, safety. so that no one get, no one gets it in their eyes. Oh. It's a whole all these rules. But let's let's go and drink yeah, it. This this okay. looks fantastic. Alex. So um, I, I think this would pair extremely well with ham. Wow. So I do want to say something here. So um, Mr. Pomery, after making his fortune in the wool industry in 1856. He decided to retire. Oh, during the ham. Um, surprisingly, uh, his wife of 38 years was pregnant. That's pretty old at that time. Yes, very. That's uh, that's like asking for a death sentence. 
Yeah. Um, and so he decided they had to go back into business, but the wool industry at the time was in crisis. So, <laughs> however, I mean, what do you do when you're you know, the wool the wool industry is in crisis? You start make drinking, cham- make champagne. Well, yeah. Lucky for us, he did. Lucky for us, he did. And this is so. wonderful. So I just had the ham, and I tried the Pomeroy champagne. This is this is wonderful. So this is Pomeroy. The color here rose. is this nice golden peach. Um. Yeah, I actually get wow. um, flavor wise. This is it's incredible. fantastic. Ooh. I mean, the first one was good, but this Vanilla, one is really nice. Cream. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a little berry to it. So rosé. Yeah. So oh, even get, like, either little, way, they can they can let this. They can actually put this on some skins, some red red grapes, which would be Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. uh, primarily in uh, Champagne, or they can add juice to give it um, your beautiful rosé. This is a real pe- pale rosé. Yes, and so a lot of people don't know that uh, you know how you t- why different champagnes can be different colors. It's not necessarily the grape; it's how long they've let the uh, juice soak in with the skins of the grape. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So. They've done a nice job with this. This is this is fantastic, and actually, they have caves that were hand dug. There's 18 kilometers of caves that have been dug for the storage of champagne and the production of champagne. Wow! For uh, Pomery, that's like eight and a half miles. Yeah, (laughs) and they did that by hand. (laughs) Well, that is wow. I mean, by hand. Well, look, I figured they must have paid their labor force in wine. Yeah, well, that's not a bad I hope story. so. Well, well this I mean, is, this is really wonderful. I mean, yeah. uh, this is if if this is uh, definitely Winefeller's recommendation if you want to fuck oh, over man, that com- kind of cash. Yeah, it's but at this point, I would say it's totally worth it. Yeah, yes. oh yeah, this easily. Is, this is fantastic, and and honestly, it doesn't just have to be for New Year's. But I think actually we're not supposed to say prices, so uh, give no, us. No, like we a, can say prices. Oh, we can. Yeah, because these are not underwriters for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So these are not sponsors in any way. Right. No, 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 no. Gotcha. So I do want to um I do want to go over real quick. Um, you know, we've been drinking brute. So what does brute mean? Well it's a level of it's a level of dryness or sweetness within the the bottle, basically. So Yeah, that's right. So I think there's different levels. Maybe you could tell our listeners uh the level. So when they see them yes, in the supermarket, they can understand them. So or this, they see them mm-hmm. at Walgreens. Yeah. They'll know what I mean. Walgreens. Yeah. So uh, sweetness level. So extra brute is the driest form. It has less than six grams of residual sugar per liter. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know that. Just remember extra dry is bone dry. Mm. Then brute has less than 12 grams. So it's actually not as dry as extra brute. That's right. Then you go extra dry, which you would think is going to be extra dry. But in fact, it is a little sweeter than brute. It's a little confusing. Yes, it's a kind of a backward scale. Then wow. you have sec, which is, you can really start to notice the sweetness between 17 and 32 grams of sugar per liter. And sec means just sweet yep. in French. Mm-hmm. Demi-sec is the next, uh, 32 to 50 grams. And then dew, which the morning dew must be very sweet, ah, is right. the sweetest form. Out there, which, by the way, uh, listeners, you will not find dew here in the U.S. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. as far as we go. Yeah, I don't remember seeing too much dew. Why don't we see that here? We seem to love sweet things. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I really don't have the answer Hmm. on that one. Well, Hmm. this is, I don't like how this feels. 
But uh, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I feel like someone is keeping the best thing from us yeah. again. They're, yeah, they're, t- they're keeping us from us in, in France. If well, they even still make it. You know, they could have made it and there wasn't popularity for it. As sweet wines have grown in popularity over the last five, ten years. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring it back. It's like when I rose uh, uh, all the stink over never seeing a dodo bird. And I wrote to everyone, and then they called me up, and they were like, uh, there are none. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what they want you to think. So uh, we have one more bottle, I think. Yes, we have one more bottle. So this is going to be Maillie Brut Vintage 2009 Grand Cru. And Ooh. we'll kind of break down what those – obviously, everyone knows what Brut means. Yeah. So I have to open this bottle. So let's Here see if we can – if it's a content. Silence on the set, please. Oh, oh that was beautiful. Satisfying, <laughs> and it's foaming all oh, over Bob's was... studio. <laughs> just kidding, Bob. But that was, yeah, just, it was just perfectly just... normal amount of non suds getting on that thing. That uh, <laughs> it's just for radio, Bob. That was just a sound effect. <laughs> yep. There's no champagne in the studio right nope. now. So none okay. at all. So we're trying this. Wow. So we're, we're, I think we're pairing it with whatever you want to pair. My mother-in-law's <laughs> wonderful mashed. Potatoes. Probably the best ever. Better than any filet mignon, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, this is her mashed potatoes are wonderful, and the only thing that is uh, it compares to, it could be more wonderful, is uh, pineapple cheesem. So, but uh, we have both. So. so, while you guys smell and think about yes, the aromas sir. you're getting, so what, is a vint- what does vintage mean in champagne? So most of champagne is an envy or non-vintage, which means it's blended over many years' worth of um, pickings, basically. Yeah, that's right. So non-vintage doesn't necessarily mean a bad, bad wine. thing. It's their it's- house, and it tends to be a consistent mm-hmm. flavor for that house or profile, flavor profile. But vintage changes things. That's vintage right. means that the grapes all have to come from the harvest of that year, 2009. That's right. And then there's uh, also a designation such as Vivine, which and also, uh, oh, Blanc de Blanc, I guess I'm thinking of. Blanc de Blanc would be 100% Chardonnay. Blanc, right. uh, Blanc, um, um, Blanc, uh, du, uh, yeah. Blanc de Noir. Blanc de Noir would be both Pinot Noir and... Um, Chardonnay. Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then, of course, what is Grand Cru? Well, Grand Cru generally is always designated as the best quality of fruit that can be purchased because a lot of champagne houses don't actually grow the grapes at all. They purchase the grapes from the villages hmm. and turn it into champagne. Interesting. So Grand Cru, uh, they will, they're, they basically get 100, 100% of the money for the quality of their grapes. And as it goes down... 95% rated on uh, Premier Crew, they'll receive 95% of the price up for market. Okay. So uh, the Grand Crew uh, Maïs Champagne was classified in uh, 1920, um, and the exceptional quality of Maïs grapes come from the area's chalky sub- subsoil uh, that regulates soil temperature and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. There are only 17, only 17 champagnes that have... Um, the Grand Cru status? The Grand Cru status out of 319 villages. Now, the funny thing is Maï not only produces the champagne, but they also own the village. Oh, own the village. They own basically, the village. Yes, Maï is the village. It's the actual village. Like the sound of that. Um, so they don't actually sell their grapes off. Now, they might less quality, but everything they have is Grand Cru, by the way. Wow, this is, but this is a wonderful uh, champagne. I've been trying uh, to I've been get trying my it. head around it, and this... 
you know, at first it's funny as it's uh and it does go well with the mashed potatoes. At first it's like uh butterscotch a little bit, but then it's almost like fresh spring uh, dandelion greens. Wow. Actually, the mashed potatoes are it's, it's rocking right? for the mashed I know. potatoes. Yep, my mother-in-law she can make some great mashed potatoes. Oh, and, and you know. know deviled eggs. Think, okay, people, if you have leftover deviled eggs or you want to make deviled eggs for New Year's Eve, um, champagne's a great pairing for that. If you want to move away from mashed potatoes, sure. Yeah, but you know but everything. Why you know, would you? Well, the staple Not here in like the U.S. This. is mashed potatoes, so you know. That's right. Um, so, most, anyways, that is that is the lineup for the wine uh, well, today. That, well, that, that's so this this champagne is wonderful. But I have I, one, one more question for you, though. Okay, of these three champagnes, what is your uh, favorite? Favorite, Alex, the wine guru. My favorite is actually the Balmeri. I agree. Yeah, that's really it's a, you have to have a, a unique a, palate for some of the. the it's vintage. more delicate. It's hard for me to get a, a, a strong flavor from the last one, but yep. the middle one is is, is, is right on. Spot on. So yeah, I don't know, guys. I'm gonna have to. Are you, are no, you the he, last one. Okay. Yeah. There's something so fresh about this about this uh, last one we just tried. The okay. vintage. So I do want to mention that you can follow me on Instagram. Oh yeah. You know, um, I what's do cook a lot of. A, what's your Instagram account? Alex Badgley. Is what you can search for, and you look for the wine guru. So Alex Badgley, the wine guru, and I do food, I do wine, and it's I've all seen his. Fun uh, stuff. I've, I've seen his Instagram account. It you, has some beautiful pictures. You got on a there, new phone. You got a new phone. I did, and it takes no more flip phone amazing. for Alex. <laughs> no, <laughs> or sketching what he saw earlier on faxing it to the Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. and when it was when it was sketching, I just hired someone from the court. And these photos you're taking with this new phone are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So this is great. Alex, promise. I know you, we always make you promise because we feel like we want to put you under the gun, but we pr- promise us, please, that you'll put on, come on the show again and then you will uh, impart some more incredible wisdom to us and our listeners. Yes. As always. Thank, Thank you, you for Alex. having me. Thank you. Take care. Have a good new year. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow is another day.
run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun.